That's it. So if you'd bow your heads and hearts with me in prayer. Our Father, our God, again we say thank you. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for doing all things well. Thank you for the sweet communion of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for uh, just giving us uh, another day. Just another day. Thank you for watching over us while we slept. And uh, you woke us up and you brought us here. And now you give us the opportunity in this space with these men, women, and children uh, that love you, call on your name, that will uh, study together, be edified. But Father, we hope that you'll be glorified. Word my mouth, prepare the hearts that we would uh, do what we're tasked to do, no more, no less. It's in the precious name of your Son, our Savior, the Christ, we ask it all. Let every heart say, Amen. Amen. Um, give me a second here. Um, there we go. So today we begin a, uh, a new journey we've titled uh, Floods and Gates. Floods and Gates. Floods and Gates. I have to give, uh, you know, you always give proper attribution to, uh, you know, this, this is the footnote. Well, where'd you come up with Floods and Gates? Well, Wes Arhart is not here. Where are you, Wes? I know you're watching. Uh, he suggested this in consideration of the journey we're going to go on. Genesis chapter 4 through chapter 9. Genesis chapter 4 through 9, floods and gates. The idea is that there are times of floods, periods of cleansing, times when God has reached his limit of what he will accept and tolerate. And just like the scouring, uh, you know, when you hit the button on the garbage disposal, uh, it clears out all the junk that has been accumulated. That's the flood. But let's be clear. Um, it's not a limit or an end on God's love because we know he is love. Not that he just acts loving. His very essence is love. Who God is in his isness, if you will, is love. Um, God is love. First John 4 and 8. But like a parent that's reached a point with their child behaving badly, it's like, okay, it's time for a flood of correction. So uh, you might try that on your kids next time. It's like, time for a flood, you know. Come here, old little Johnny. Oh, time for a flood. Uh, but along with times of flooding, there are times of uh, restoration. Gates of opportunity. Gates that open up to paths that lead us closer to our Father. Um, you might recall, for those of us who were here in uh, 2015, seven years ago, November 15, 2015, that was almost seven years ago, that was the last message that we had in that first series of Genesis, and it was titled, The Beginning, The Beginning. And the last message was titled, Covered and Protected. Covered and Protected. Uh, the last three verses of the third chapter read, The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, 
the man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. At the same time, uh, at that time, Adam and Eve, uh, like most of our kids when uh, they've been uh, uh, the recipient of correction, they may not have felt love. They may not have felt, now I won't, you know, I won't try and, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We have the benefit of hindsight. But trust me, uh, God always acts in love, even though there are a number of times when we don't feel loved by God. Know that we are love. Adam and Eve sinned. They created the barrier between God and his creation uh, out of their willful disobedience. But a tender and loving God provides what? Provides covering animal skins for the, to, to protect them from their nakedness. Obviously, this is an echo of the, of the sacrifice that was to come uh, in the own person of our Savior, Jesus the Christ. God covers them. But not only does he cover them, an infinitely loving God protects them, as I like to pray when we give benediction and blessing, protects them from themselves. You have sinned. You've created this, 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 this situation. Now, I cannot have you uh, inadvertently or intentionally eating from the tree of life because that will then create eternal separation between you and me. Um, so that's why, that's why uh, God put flaming cherubim with a sword uh, east of Eden. Um, but today we want to we want to read the fourth chapter, uh, first verse. And I encourage you to go back. Uh, it's it's on our podcast. We've got whole bunch of uh, we've got a whole bunch of uh, podcasts on there. But I encourage you to go back and to read those. Uh, read those. Listen to the to the podcast. Uh, that last one covered and protected. So Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, "With the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man." Later, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. I don't want to read too much into the text, but also I don't want to miss anything in the text. Uh, but here, it lets us know, you read for yourself, that Eve needed and received help. With the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Now, I keep it G-rated. They don't need it. They didn't need any help with the conceiving part. They seem to have that down pretty good. Uh, they they figured that out. Uh, but Eve needed and received help from God with the consequence of becoming pregnant. 
the delivery. Have to give a shout out again to Jamal, my son, uh, about why uh, God has, has wonderfully, infinitely, uh, sovereignly, wisely uh, given that, that wonderful task of uh, child delivery to the ladies. Because I am pretty much convinced humanity would have ended uh, after the first iteration. You would have had one, you wouldn't have had two. Hey, hey, dog, don't do this, man. No, no, no. But wonderfully, thankfully, God gave the woman that joy. That joy. Yet as a result of their sin, God's verdict and promise was certain. And the A part of the 16th verse of the third chapter, God said to the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. I will make your pain in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. It was true then, it's true now. That's why I believe what was behind what Eve said, with the help of the Lord. No midwife, no doula, for that matter, no Adam. What's Adam going to do? Anybody that's been married to... <laughs> You've been in the delivery room with your wife. What you going to do? You better get out the way. You <laughs> uh, <laughs> might offer encouragement, a little bottle of water, maybe a towel for her to bite down on. Uh, in this case, maybe some leaves or tree bark. It's like, Adam, what you going to do? It's like, with the help of the Lord. I mean, just, just look at the text. I mean, we blow past stuff, and we really miss stuff that's just like embedded in here. Um, but here's really the takeaway. Not that that's not the takeaway. You don't have to be a woman in labor to know that there are times in lives that no one and no thing can help you. I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you. And when I say I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you. Uh, small group goes so far. Friends go so far. Spouses only can go so far. There are times when you can't get through without the help of the Lord. You can try and suck it up on your own and uh, lace up your boots and uh, you bite down on that towel I was talking about. The only thing that can and will get you through, whatever it is those difficult times are, is God. I'm here to tell you. I, I, I know, uh, you know, I, I stood down. Uh, Sarah passed away December 12th. Uh, last year and I stood down for two months two months uh, and when I came back I knew I knew <laughs> I knew what to expect 
It's like, okay, all eyes on Pastor Meeks. Is he going to live out what he's been preaching? Is he going to live out what he's been preaching? It's one thing to preach it. It's another thing to live it. Uh, trust me, I would exchange that experience. I would give anything, including my life, if I could reverse that. God didn't allow that, and God doesn't allow that. And there's nothing I can do now as much as I continue to play that chess game of life. What if? What if? What if? You keep praying for Sister Meeks because she has to live with me. And I mean that. She has to live with me as I commune with God. And it's only with the help of the Lord that he will get me through this situation. Sister Jones, I was reminded again this week, I was sharing with Gail as I, I, I heard the song and it took me to Pastor Williams at St. Paul, uh, um, how I got over. The old spirit, how I got over. On the other side, my soul, Mark's soul, looks back and wonder how I got over. I'm still in the mix. I'm still in the mix, but I'm on halfway through of the 50% uh, mark, if you will, how I got over. So she gave birth to Cain. Eve gave birth to Cain. And then she gave birth again. Look at the text. Look at the text. The text doesn't say Eve gave birth to another son, but instead emphasizes the relationship by saying she gave birth to his brother. Abel. Oh, that was just a scribal error. That was just scribal liberty. It's, <laughs> this is intentional. Uh, later, she gave birth to his brother Abel. See, there's a whole lot in just one and a half verses. Uh, but we need to be careful not to read into, into the text, but not miss the obvious. So what's the obvious, Pastor Meeks? Well, there's an explicit call out regarding relationships in this text. I've shared before, I share now. God is community in his essence. In his essence, God is community. He's Father, he's Son, he's Holy Spirit. Don't say you can work it out in your mind. Again, you know, the, oh, well, that's, that's ice, water, and vapor. No, again, that's transmodalism. That's not, there is no way, there is no example, this side of eternity, where we can fathom the trinity that is God. He's community in his essence. And now he has created and expanded community. But as much as we like those times, every one of us here likes those times of solitude, when we can just isolate ourselves, just shut the door, turn off the radio, not be bothered with it. Everybody loves those periods of time. Everybody, everybody. But as much as we love those, as God said in the 18th verse of the second chapter, it's not good for his creation to be alone. It's not. We are created for community. That's really behind what's for our gathering today and in small group, in our fellowships, in, 
in uh, family night, insult and light, women and men's fellowship. Community is necessary for our spiritual growth. Community is necessary for our spiritual growth. I'm just about done for today. So looking at the B part of verse 2, starting at the B part of verse 2. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil. Oops, just lost my thing here. I'm going to need you, uh, uh, Ryan. Uh, just lost my uh, connection. You're good right where you're at, though. Uh, yeah, here we go. Sorry about that. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Um, excuse me for a second. Yeah. Um, you've heard me like a number of, uh, if you're like me, you've heard any number of explanations about this text. But for me, none of them have been very satisfying or, <laughs> to me, very accurate. Well, let's look at this. Well, maybe God liked Abel's offering because God tends to like younger and uh, possibly weaker people. Um, and that's why he took uh, uh, a liking to Cain's offering. Well, well, even though there's no, look at the text, even though there's no text to support it, maybe God wanted an animal sacrifice uh, instead of a uh, fruit sacrifice, but Cain was just stubborn and he, uh, he insisted on giving God what he wanted to give. Maybe it was because Cain offered an offering that grew from cursed ground. Never mind that the sheep ate grass from the same cursed ground. Or maybe God just likes shepherds more than uh, gardeners. I don't know. Maybe it was just God acting in his sovereignty and he just liked Abel and his gift more, period. That's, God can do stuff like that. But like I said, let me just say, none of those explanations work for me. Okay? And if, you, if you've been around uh, the text more than a minute, you've probably heard one variation of that or another. Uh, I think we can get a little, we could do better than that and get a little fuller of our understanding. If we simply study the text carefully and not wait for some, craft, some crafty Gnostic to uh, uh, give an inspired interpretation. So look at a few key words in the, in the text that's highlighted. Uh, go ahead. Uh, now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. So far, so good. Looks pretty straightforward. In the course of time, Cain brought 
some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Understand, the text doesn't say what they were instructed to bring or even why. Doesn't say what to bring and it doesn't say why to bring it. We can assume that the offerings were a token of thanksgiving. That would seem reasonable. It's just reasonable. Uh, but Sinai is in the future. There's no Levitical text. There's no context of Deuteronomy. But what the text does say is that while Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering, Abel's offering was of the fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. In fact, the original text suggests Abel gave the fattest of the fat portions of his flock. The fattest of the fat portions of his flock and the firstborn of his flock. He didn't do the minimum, whatever the minimum is. He heaped on the best of what he had to offer as the text says, of the firstborn of his flock. It was the choicest, and if you will, it was the best of show. You've seen that, 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 that New York Kennel Club, you know, where they put the little ribbon on them, the best of show. The text suggests Abel gave the best of show. Next slide. As the, as the message version puts it, time passed. Cain brought an offering to God from the produce of his farm. Abel also brought an offering, but from the firstborn animals of his herd, choice cuts of meat. God liked Abel and his offering, but Cain and his offering didn't get his approval. Cain lost his temper and went into assault. As I said, I'm closing, but you know, doesn't really mean a whole lot. Um, There are times when it comes to, to gifting that you really put your thought into it. And you know what I mean. You know what I mean. When you, you think about the person that you're getting ready to give a gift to, you really put some thought into it. And then there are other times. You know, the occasion slipped up on you. You ran out of time. Uh, and so what do you do? You, you, you went to the only store that was open and you got a gift card or I know you guys have never done this. You've never done this. You've looked in your closet or your drawer. You've never done it. You've never done it. And it's like, well, I got this gift. I don't want it. Let me give it to them. I know, you don't do stuff like that. Uh, let me just say this. The gift reflects the love. The gift reflects the love. I don't mean to mess your mind up when you think about re-gifting again. But I'll say what I said again. The gift reflects the love. I don't want it. You have it. For Cain, it was a duty 
it was an obligation it was a well I gotta check the box I have to give something I'm coming to a birthday party that we do and I can't come empty-handed so let me bring something I don't want and you can have it the gift reflects the love um, let's not see God as being arbitrary the letter to the Hebrew lets us know, Abel gave a more perfect gift. Don't he? Don't he? Well, I gave, yeah, you gave, you gave me something. You gave me something. Um, so what does Cain do? He loses his temper. And he gets very angry. He loses his temper and he gets very angry. And what is that? What's that got to do with us? Instead of giving the side eye to people now, where you see how God has blessed them, uses them, elevates them. Well, you're a Johnny come lately. How did you sneak in here and do this and do that? Uh, how come you got a new car? How come you? And again, I'm not equating God's blessing with, 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 with material things. But however you want to measure God's blessing, we have a tendency to say, well, why am I not in the receiving line of the A gifts? Have you been giving A gifts? What relationship do you have with the giver of gifts? The gift reflects the love. That's what we have here in this story that we just easily just brush by. Um, what relationship, if, 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 this is a big if, this is a big if, if, if God were to look at Mark's life, your life, in terms of the gifts, you've got gifts. I got gifts. Everybody of any age of awareness has gifts. What gift are you wrapping up and presenting it to the creator of the universe? Well, time slipped up on me. This is the best I can do. I'll just give you this. And I can just hear God saying, don't bother. Just don't bother. I've shared before, I share now. Again, I'm not encouraging the praise team to sing off key. But singing on key is not the objective. That's not the objective. The objective is to give my very best. And sometimes my very best is I just can't hit that note, but God knows I'm trying to give my very best. What gifts are we giving? I mean, this, 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 this hits, I mean, this hits home in a real way, in a vocational way, in a family way. See, in, 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 we get that immediate feedback when we give gifts to, say, our spouses, our loved ones, or whatever. 
See, Cain had the opportunity. I was thinking about Gail leaving in this. I really am going off script. Uh, uh, had, uh, had, had the opportunity, as we will see next week, for a course correction. You all heard the story before. I'll share now. For years, I was giving gifts to Gail on those certain days. Flowers, big flowers, humongous flowers, just, just boom, boom. I mean, it's just like back in the day when they were $100 a vase, just flowers. It wasn't, I wasn't going to Bel Air getting flowers. It was like big deal flowers. I was thinking the gift reflected my love. Honestly, the gift reflected, reflected my pride because I wanted to get my brag on. I wanted her to look good to her peers and say, boy, you got a boo. You got a real boo. He loves you. And all hell could be breaking loose at home. But I gave her nice flowers. Well, thankfully, I hope all hell wasn't breaking loose at home, but uh, I gave her a nice life. But she, she, like God, she gave me some course correction. If you really love me, don't waste your money on flowers. Give me food. I don't know if I've bought you flowers since then. I, I really don't. I don't think I have. I, I don't... But she eats. She, she, it may not look like it, but she eats. And on those holidays of celebration, she eats well, if I have anything to say about it. The gift reflects the love. I can only know what the gift ought to be if I'm in an intimate relationship with the object of my gift. Uh, I, uh, I, I, are we giving him our, my best? Uh, again, um, I just, I got caught up, and I'm not, I'm not even going to sing, Sister Jones. I'm not, it, I'd run everybody out of here, I swear I would. Uh, that Walter Hawkins song, look it up, you can, uh, you can, uh, um, you can YouTube it. My Gratitude. My Gratitude by Walter Hawkins. I cried for help, you heard me. Out of shackled sin, you set me free. I can't help but say yes, so I want to give you my best. I'll go where you want me to go and do what you want me to do. I'll always endeavor to show a desire to do your will. Because you've given so much to me, how can I give any less? You've redeemed my very soul, and I want to give you my best. My gratitude for all you've brought me through. I can't help but say yes. I want to give you my best. So I'll close with this. Let me just ask a question. When it comes to the gift that is your life that we offer back to God, what does it look like? Does it reflect the level of love we claim to have for him? Only you and God can answer that. Let's pray. Our Father, our God, thank you for Christ. Thank you for doing everything well. Thank you for your, your incredible love for us. Father, we can't begin to, to go 
dollar for dollar, toe for toe, uh, to try and match your love. You're God, I'm not. You, you, you know our frame. We're dust. You're infinite. But Father, it's the heart. Mold us, shape us, form us into your image so that we can be the giver of the very best that we have to offer. The, very, the first fruits of our life. Not what's left over after a busy day, but the very best and the first fruits of our prayers, of our attention, of our time. Father, we love you and we thank you. It's in the name of your Son, our Savior, the Christ, we ask it all. Let every heart say, Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. The gift reflects the love. Let's endeavor to not give him, as I like to say, the fuzzy lollipop of our, uh, our lives. You know what the fuzzy lollipop is. It's the, it's the candy, the, the piece of candy that's uh, stuck in our pockets that, uh, that we've been holding around for a while and didn't get around to eating. It's like, oh, well, I guess I'll give it to you. It's like, no, no, that's okay. Don't bother. Don't bother. He wants the first fruits. He wants the best you have to offer. We are so blessed. We are so blessed. I look at you all, and I know you as well as you, as well as you've allowed me to know you. And I know how God has equipped you educationally, uh, skill-wise, and yeah, even finances. God doesn't need your money. He needs your heart. He needs your hands. He needs your feet. That's what he needs. He'll, 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 he'll settle the rest. He'll, he'll do what he's going to do. But he wants the very best. The very best from us. Let's bow our heads and hearts again. Our Father, our God, thank you for this day. Thank you for watching over us. Thank you for the sweet communion of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for these men, women, and children that have come to worship you and to come in community and exalt your holy name. Thank you for Christ does all things well. Be with us this day, this week, this month, this year as we continue to do your will in our families, in this community, in this city, in this state, on this earth that you have blessed us and privileged us to be on. Let us be light. Let us be salt. Thank you, Father. It's in Christ's name we pray. Let every heart say, Amen. Greet somebody. Greet somebody.